Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast. My name is Stephanie Vlakis, and I'm an expert certified fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist, a multiple award-winning virtual fertility and pregnancy nutrition clinic serving thousands from around the world, and of course, the host of this pod, Fertility Friendly Food. This podcast is dedicated to all things health and nutrition in the world of fertility, reproductive health, and pregnancy. Each week, I bring you practical snack-sized episodes to help improve your lifestyle on your trying-to-conceive journey, alongside guest expert interviews to help inspire you to learn and grow whilst you grow your family. Welcome back to another season of Fertility Friendly Food. I hope you loved the refreshed intro. I felt like it needed a little bit of a facelift as we head into our fourth season and into 2023. So if you are new here, my name is Stephanie Vlakis and I'm an expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist and your host. So I just want to kick off before we get into all of the good stuff in today's first episode back. I just want to do a little bit of a reflection on this podcast because we are entering its fourth season and its fourth year of existence and we're at nearly 200,000 downloads and we have over 130 glowing reviews and With all that in mind, we want to continue to make this podcast even better, and I also want to make it more interactive. So I wanted to give you a quick insight into what you can expect from the podcast this year. So the first thing we are doing is we are inviting you and bringing you into the podcast in a number of different ways. So every episode, I'm going to answer one to two of your questions on the podcast each and every episode to kick us off. So if you want to submit a question to be answered on the podcast, and we can absolutely keep it anonymous if you wish, send us a question via the form, which will be linked in the show notes below. Or if you are keen to have your voice on the pod, drop us a voice note at at the underscore dietologist on Instagram and let us know you're happy to be on the podcast and we will feature your question and answer it for you too. The next thing that we are doing is we are so excited about this. We are bringing our community members onto the podcast to share their incredible and diverse stories. If you're interested in sharing your fertility or pregnancy journey, then you can apply to be a guest of the podcast. Now, please note this is not for expert guests. Uh, That is by invite only. In most situations, this is for our community members. So the link will be in our show notes as well. And what you can expect is, of course, practical evidence-based nutrition information from yours truly and our team of expert dietitians here at The Dietologist, plus guest expert interviews as per usual. Okay, without any further ado, let's get into this first episode of Season 4. I'm so excited. And we are kicking off with our first listener question from you. So the listener question this week is, what are the foods that you can eat to normalize hyperthyroidism? Because I have been increasing in weight and having difficulty in reducing weight. Okay, so we have done an episode all about 
thyroid function and hypothyroidism with a colleague of mine, Leah, who's an expert in this area. So I will leave that linked in the show notes for you to get familiar with. But hypothyroidism refers to an underactivity of the thyroid gland, which is a butterfly-shaped organ in the neck. And the thyroid hormones regulate all cellular function. It helps with your metabolic rate, your temperature regulation, your bowel function, your menstrual cycle, and so on, which is why it's a really important hormone to keep note of and to keep track of when trying to conceive and when pregnant, but also for your baseline health and well-being. One of the symptoms of hypothyroidism is an increase in weight and trouble shifting weight. Now, until the hypothyroidism is corrected using medical interventions, which typically involves replacing the thyroid hormone with a tablet called thyroxine, then until you get that sorted, in most cases, you will have trouble losing weight because there is insufficient thyroid hormone. So the whole system kind of slows down like that. So... There is no nutritional interventions that will reverse hypothyroidism for sure. However, some things that you can be aware of to help support the thyroid gland alongside medical interventions with your doctor are making sure you are having adequate iodine intake. Iodine is a key mineral that is found in iodized salt, which is used in most breads. It's also found in seaweed and some seafood as well. And so we want enough iodine because this is the mineral which in which all thyroid hormones are then created from. So iodine deficiency, whilst true iodine deficiency is quite rare, there is a lot of suboptimal iodine intakes. And we know that is the case even in Australia where we live near the sea and we actually get exposed to some iodine that way as well we are still seeing issues with inadequate iodine intake. So making sure you use iodized salt rather than pink salt. I've done an episode on salt before too. And making sure you're incorporating fish and seafood regularly into your diet and seaweed is a really good starting point. Other nutrients that may also aid in helping supporting thyroid function are selenium, which is a key antioxidant, a great source of selenium, are Brazil nuts, but you can also find them in mushrooms, meat, tuna, and it's in the soil. So it's in a variety of different other foods as well, but those are some of your richest sources. And if you have an autoimmune-based hypothyroidism, such as Hashimoto's thyroiditis, this is where you want to also adopt anti-inflammatory nutrition principles as well. And the most common form of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto. So making sure you get your thyroid autoantibody screened with your healthcare provider as well is key. So I hope that answered your question. Once the thyroid function is normalized, then you should in theory be able to lose weight just like everybody else can using the same principles. But until you get it sorted, it can feel like a futile effort because the hormones are just kind of working against you on that front. Okay, so on to today's episode, which is all about the biggest fertility nutrition mistakes that we see as fertility dietitians and nutritionists at the dietologist and what you can do to avoid them. But just quickly, did you know that what you eat three months before trying to conceive may influence the health of both the egg and sperm? Nutrition plays an instrumental role in fertility, which is why I'm so excited to share that I've teamed up with Healthy Life to create a free Focus on Fertility program. 
This program equips you with the key nutrition strategies to help support fertility. So if you're thinking about trying to conceive, this is the perfect place to start. Sign up for free today and you can find the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's get right on in to today's episode about the biggest fertility nutrition mistakes that we see at the dietologist. So mistake number one is not getting the timing right. You need at minimum three months, sometimes more if you're in a position where you have a known history of a reproductive health concern to prepare properly when it comes to your nutrition, diet, lifestyle, prenatal vitamins, and also allowing adequate time for any medical changes that may need to occur. So medication changes, vaccine boosters, and more. And keep in mind, sperm does regenerate every 74 days or so. And whilst females are born with all the eggs that that you will ever have, the 90 to 120 day sprint prior to ovulation is when the egg is getting ready to mature and is most sensitive to exposures from diet, lifestyle, and the environment. The biggest issue I see is people coming two weeks or a month before an IVF treatment or actively trying to conceive and seeking supplement and or nutrition advice that they expect to have a significant impact on their outcomes in that time frame. And the problems are, number one, waiting times. Just like most fertility specialists, there's a wait time to get in and get started. And our first consult is an assessment. So we have limited opportunity to implement in that session, which means you need to factor this into your planning. So it's better sooner rather than later. Please don't leave it to the last minute. We want to make a difference to your situation, but we need the time on our side to do that. Number two is feeling the pressure and the rush. This contributes to your stress. And honestly, as your practitioner, it is best we are unhurried to allow space and time for these changes to become habits for the long run that will carry you forward into pregnancy, parenthood and beyond. You don't want to rush that. And number three is some things genuinely just take time. Like correcting your iron or vitamin D levels can take months. That's And that's when everything goes perfectly to plan. If you're having a regular period and you're working on that, it may take many months, not just one or two cycles for nutrition and lifestyle interventions to come to fruition and make a difference. It is not a magic bullet pill that if you do it today, it'll happen for you tomorrow. Sadly, that's not how nutrition and lifestyle interventions work. They do require time. And the more time you can give yourself and your practitioner, the less stressed you'll be and the better the potential outcome will be for you as well. So if you're thinking about trying to conceive or you're thinking that you may need to head down a path of fertility treatment and you've got some forewarning, I know some situations don't allow for that, but a lot of times most of you are aware that things are on the horizon, don't leave it to the last minute. Okay. Please, please, please get in touch sooner rather than later. All right. Mistake number two, underestimating the role of nutrition and lifestyle on your trying to conceive or fertility journey. Many people that I connect with in our virtual clinic at the dietologist come from this podcast and they're in a bit of a state of shock as to how much of an impact nutrition can have on their preconception and fertility health. And sadly, sometimes some of you aren't finding this information early in the piece. You might be three or four years down the line or six rounds of IVF deep before finding out nutrition is a critical, modifiable factor in your fertility story. 
In fact, and you will hear me quote this research a lot, making just five simple dietary changes can improve your fertility by 69%. Say what? And that is just some generalized tips. Then you can go down much deeper and more specific based on your medical history and blood work, which is what we do in our one-on-one fertility nutrition coaching programs. All right, mistake number three. On the flip, perfectionism on the fertility path, including with your diet, can be a big problem. I have recorded a podcast previously about perfectionism on fertility lifestyle path and how crippling and unhelpful and downright dangerous it can be. At the end of the day, you don't need to be perfect to get pregnant. Skipping a day of your prenatal and fertility vitamins on your holiday isn't do or die you'll be okay. You can go out and eat a delicious meal with your partner, family, or friends on the weekend and not stress about how how it will impact you conceiving this month or the next three months time. Diet culture has sadly seeped into our minds from decades of social media, traditional media, and even from people in our lives that has really caused us to think we need to go back to the start because we have spoiled our progress and another three months of being good again and is required to get pregnant and you're really self-sabotaging your own progress. Take it in your stride, keep moving forward and don't dwell. Remember, you don't need to be perfect to get pregnant. If you're super stuck with this, we help a lot of people get unstuck with fertility perfectionism in our one-on-one consults. Get in touch with us to work with us in our virtual clinic. The link is always in our show notes. Mistake number four, listening to the wrong sources of information for fertility nutrition help. Big yikes. Compared to when I started as a fertility dietitian five years ago, the landscape has changed significantly. There are more voices in the fertility nutrition space than ever before. And there are more. And whilst that's great, there is certainly a lot of risk of misinformation from sources that aren't quite experts too. Be careful who you are getting your fertility nutrition information from. In my humble opinion, a qualified dietitian who has undergone additional fertility and pregnancy nutrition training and is committed to working in this area day in and day out is your gold standard of fertility nutrition information, like us here at The Dietologist. Sadly, over the years, we do see a lot of people try to streamline their healthcare professional team, which is totally understandable. However, sadly, no other healthcare provider does have as much training or expertise in nutrition as a dietitian does. I always like to say to my clients, you take the very best from each professional on your team. Sure, I know a little about the pelvic floor and a little about psychology and a little about medicine, but I'm not a physiotherapist, psychologist or a doctor and vice versa. And I think it's also really important to note that healthcare providers can equally fall into diet myths and diet culture too. They're not immune and it can come across really compelling because of their qualifications in other areas. So you're more likely to take their advice and heed it. So just be mindful of where you're getting your info from to avoid misinformation and confusion. Sometimes too many sources is not necessarily a good thing as it can lead to confusion and overwhelm. Okay, mistake number five, taking random fertility supplements without professional guidance. You're getting the dose wrong, the form wrong, the timing wrong, or they're just simply inappropriate for your needs. Big uh uh-oh on this one. We get this quite a lot, taking random fertility 
fertility supplements willy-nilly is kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping a strand sticks, but this is your health. We cannot be haphazard with it. At the end of the day, supplements can have an impact on your health. You don't want to waste your precious time and money on products that are the wrong dosage, form, or you're taking them at the wrong time, or just taking things that aren't appropriate for your needs. So you're either going to miss something that is actually going to make a potential difference, or you're taking something that really isn't going to make a big difference in your unique case. Don't worry, you don't need to become a supplement expert and decipher the difference between CoQ10, Ubiquinol, Ubiquinone, and Ubiquinone. Leave that to the experts. Book in for an express prenatal supplement consult with us for a personalized plan. Save yourself the time and the headache of navigating the pharmacy aisle and feel confident in your supplement plan. And mistake number six is overlooking other elements of your lifestyle like sleep, exercise, mental health, and well-being. Hyper-focusing on just diet at the expense of sleep or your mental well-being or overlooking exercise means you are missing key parts of your health and lifestyle, and it may directly or indirectly impact your fertility too. Like not sleeping enough can impact your embryo quality, according to some research, as things seem to improve when replacing melatonin in shift workers. Over and under exercising can impact your reproductive function and menstrual cycle too. And being chronically stressed due to work, family, relationships, life, due to mental health concerns or because of fertility concerns may indirectly affect your reproductive health too. Can lower progesterone, suppress ovulation and so on. And the final mistake, which is a big one that I'm going to cover in this episode. Mistake number seven, the everything-free diet, the gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, sugar-free, fun-free diet. This last mistake, thankfully, I see fewer people making, thanks Instagram, Google, and the podcast algorithms for bringing my content to the top of the pile when people are searching for this. But I want to systematically go through and quickly debunk each one. Gluten-free diets have no distinct benefits to our fertility unless you are the 1% to 2% of people who have been diagnosed with celiac disease, in which gluten can cause direct intestinal damage and can can result in female and male fertility if unmanaged or poorly managed or undiagnosed. For everyone else, gluten is not inflammatory, and whole grains are an important part of not only your fertility diet, but also your health. Fiber, B vitamins, and carbohydrates are all important for our body to function optimally. Eating gluten is not the cause of your infertility. I will repeat, eating gluten is not the cause of your infertility. If you have an intolerance, this is a different story, but usually you can tolerate some or find whole grain alternatives like quinoa, brown rice, buckwheat, and more, so you are not missing out on this critical food group. Okay, dairy-free diets. There seems to be this rhetoric that dairy is full of hormones and thus it must be bad for fertility or it's inflammatory and bad for fertility and egg health. This is untrue and has been debunked with scientific research. Of course, if you have a dairy allergy, you should strictly avoid dairy foods in its entirety and seek calcium-fortified alternatives. However, Many people choose not to eat or drink dairy foods due to a perception that alternatives are healthier, 
However, this isn't true either and certainly not the case for fertility. In fact, research shows that full-fat dairy consumption may protect against an obligatory infertility. Now, that's not to say that if you struggle with digesting lactose or you prefer a milk alternative that you should suck it up and simply drink full-fat milk just because. However, I think if you are avoiding it just because it's the latest trend to have almond oats or whatever other milk alternative out there, rather than milk out of fear that it's going to cause an issue, then I would encourage you to rethink that decision. And finally, the soy-free and sugar-free diets. Now, soy-free diets are a huge myth that the plant-based estrogen called phytoestrogens found in soy foods like soy milk and mame, tofu and tempeh can interfere with our natural estrogens negatively and thus impact fertility. And again, more research has shown that this isn't actually true. In fact, research shows that there is no association between fertility and soy consumption. Of course, everything in moderation, but most people having a serve or two of soy foods per day have nothing to worry about. Finally, sugar-free diets. Of course, reducing added sugars in your diet is always a good idea. After all, too much added sugars can be negative for our bodies, from our teeth to our insulin levels and more. However, you don't need to quit sugar and avoid fruit to eat well for fertility. Think more about foods that you can be adding into your diet, like fruits and vegetables, whole grains, dairy foods and protein foods, and healthy fats meaning that there is less room for excess added sugars to squeeze in. At the end of the day, if your diet is free of fun, it's inflexible or stressful, it isn't right. You don't need to cut out everything from your diet to eat well for fertility. So that's a wrap on our first episode back of Fertility Friendly Food. Now, if you want to learn more about how to build a nutritious diet to support your fertility, then don't forget to check out the free Focus on Fertility program delivered and designed by me in partnership with Healthy Life. It will take you through the key nutrition strategies to help support fertility. So if you're thinking about trying to conceive or you're currently on that path, this is the perfect place to start. Sign up for free today and you can find the link in the show notes below. Now, one last thing before we finally finish up. I don't want you to beat yourself up if you've fallen into making some of these really common fertility nutrition mistakes. They're common for a reason. And as I have borrowed from from one of my very favorite YouTubers, Dr. Danielle Jones or Mama Dr. Jones, who is a US-based obstetrician gynecologist, you can only do the best that you can with the information that you have at the time. But now that you have this information, hopefully you can avoid falling into some of these common pitfalls. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcasting streaming platform. It is such a help for us to reach more ears and listeners. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It makes such a difference to our podcast. And don't forget to share it with someone who might find this useful too. I'll catch you in the next episode, everyone. Bye. Bye. 
Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast, acknowledges the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connections to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to First Nation cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to all First Nations people tuning in today. This podcast is recorded on the land of the Gadigal people of the Aura Nation.